Welcome to OGGN's Mixer Connections podcast. Here each month, the insights and stories from the people and companies that make our industry mixers possible are captured while also allowing us to contribute to charity. So here's your host, Kamal Kar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mixer Connections. Today, we will be interviewing Mark Fisher, president of Well AI LLC. Well AI is a technology-based company that creates intuitive communication tools and effective workflow solutions between operators and service providers in the upstream oil and gas industry. Mark, I am so excited for this interview today. Welcome, and I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got started, and walk us through your life. Sure. Thank you very much, Kamal. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, my name is Mark Fisher. Uh, I've been pretty much a veteran of the oil field. Started out working for Slumberjay for a number of years in a bunch of different engineering capacities and traveled all over the world with them and worked both land, offshore, and internationally. After that, I left Slumberjay and was the chief operating officer for a company called Tesco, which was a drilling technology company out of Calgary, and that recently got purchased, bought out by uh, neighbors a couple of years ago. But back then, we were out of Calgary, and I was the chief operating officer. We moved the company to Houston, the headquarters of the company to Houston, expand into the North American market. And Tesco's specialty was top drives for land rigs, which was a pretty innovative concept back in those days. Uh, it's not anymore, but uh, we were kind of market leaders in that. And then I took some time off and wanted to start to do things on my own. And so I started acquiring and building up small privately held businesses, looking for, always looking for some underutilized technology or underutilized or undermarketed type business that I could take and invest in and expand. And as everything in life, we got lucky on a couple, and we didn't get lucky on a couple, but eventually started developing. We've got a company, it's called Petro Mechanical Services as well. It's a partnership between a gentleman named Danny Watkins and myself, and started that in 2015, and it's been going really well here, kind of Permian focus, but we do have operations in East Texas. And from that, that allowed us to start to invest and look at other ways of doing things, all right? I've been doing this for 45 years now, and we have seen a lot of technologies come and go. We've seen a lot of new things happen on the drilling side of the business, which is kind of where we focused. And one of the things that we've always been interested in is trying to facilitate a better communication uh, between the operator and the service provider. So, you know, especially near and dear to us with respect to once horizontal drilling technology came to the forefront, then we moved out of the realm of Every well was a little bit different than the one that was previously drilled. And horizontal wells are pretty much the same. A lot of people don't like to say that, but truth of the matter is, is that they're pretty much repetitive. And so, you know, everything's focused on efficiency. It's more of a true manufacturing environment. And we always thought that one of the biggest untapped areas of lost time was just that interface between the service providers and operators. We've always been intrigued by artificial intelligence, and we wanted to see if there was some way of taking a piece of artificial intelligence and leveraging that to help us also improve the communications. Amazing. And I know you kind of went into what Well AI is and how you initiated with that. Can you go a little bit more detail into what the scope of the company is, more predominantly, who are your customers and what type of industry do you serve? 
our target customers, we've only been doing well AI for a couple of years. I should say that it's a software focused. All of our products are software oriented, either a mobile app or a cloud-based service, right? So the oil and gas operators are a primary customer, right? So, but having said that, we have developed a couple other, we have about three or four products that are being under development right now. One is actually commercial. It's a voice-directed navigation system that we've developed specifically for the oil field. And that's anybody that needs to get out to a drilling rig or a well. So, you know, the wells, we have one over 1.6 million wells in our database now. Anybody that needs to get to a rig or a well in a timely fashion is a potential customer. But the oil and gas operating companies are our primary focus. That's great. And you had a lot of experience. 45 years of experience, to say a number. And this is kind of off script, but I would love to hear more about what was that point in your career where you said, I need to go ahead and venture out and explore something of my own. What inspired you? Well, it's an interesting, it's a great question, right? I guess everybody contemplates a notion that they can do something better than somebody else, yeah. right? <laughs> so, and, you know, fundamentally, I've always wanted to be in charge you know, had some success in terms of working up the corporate ladder, but didn't really enjoy that environment. I much preferred a privately held company where you make your own decisions and uh, you don't need to get permission from the board of directors or somebody else. And, and that was a big driving force for me. And quite honestly, I don't mind saying that the other part was that I felt like my career has been such that I made a fair bit of money for a lot of different companies. And I thought that maybe it was time for Mark Fisher to start making money for Mark <laughs> Fisher. Okay. So uh, amazing. You know, so there's a profit motive in there as well. Yeah. So it's not always about money, but mm -hmm. that's a key part of it as well. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's kind of what kind of spurred me on at that, that point in time. Yeah. I mean, I also work for an oil and gas company predominantly, and I've seen how we are shifting towards so much more technology. I mean, I do view oil and gas as a very technology-based industry, but when it comes to AI and all these amazing terms that are coming up, I think that we are in some sort of a way kind of initiating that technology advancement in the industry too. When it comes to well AI, what really did inspire you to go towards the route of having an AI-driven company? Well, primarily two things. One was we always thought that we could utilize AI to measure pretty much mundane things that were occurring on a regular basis and were occurring all the time. So, you know, it's more or less measuring, if you take a drill and a rig, measuring depth and rotation, RPMs and things of that nature, okay, you know, that have a high volume of data and you need the computer to be able to interpret that data, right? So that's kind of what we wanted to do. We also wanted to try to be able to leverage the notion that we're in a manufacturing environment a certain extent when it comes to drilling wells, right? So operators have a backlog of wells that need to get drilled. Their production drops off. If they don't drill as many wells, the production goes up when they drill a lot more wells, right? It's a true manufacturing process. So relying on the service providers to be a key part in the planning and the execution of the services that they provide should give operators the leverage that they need to really fine-tune their costs. We can always try to do things faster, cheaper, but really what we need to do is try to measure as much as we possibly can so that we can be as accurate as we possibly can. And that was a key driver is wanting to be more accurate with things. 
I guess, you know, a little bit that engineering is my background. I've always been trained and taught and told and believe very strongly that if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Measuring things on a regular basis to me is, is very important. And the more we can measure, the better we can manage things is kind of where it gets to, right? And I always thought that AI was a key way of doing that from the perspective of trying to ferret out what I call hidden lost time. And that's the lost time that people think it's too hard to manage. So we create different processes that cover for that. So a good example is our product called Router. That's a voice-directed navigation system. We've gone out, we've driven the actual roads that are built uh, or put on private property to make sure that we can get them. Google Maps is not interested in roads that lead to oil wells. You know, and there's some sentiment out there that oil field probably doesn't even want Google involved in their business, (laughs) right? So, or they don't even want to be involved in the business, right? So having said that, you know, people know that it should take you 35 minutes to get to a well, but we plan for an hour. And Mm -hmm. the reason we plan for an hour is because we don't have confidence that we have an accurate way of directing people to get to that location, right? So the whole idea is accuracy. And I think AI is a good way of trying to measure things more accurately, okay? And interject accuracy into what we do as far as planning, communications, scheduling, all these things. So scheduling, we have a clock that measures seconds and minutes, but most of our schedules are based on hours and half hours, Mm -hmm. you know, and we call that close enough. Well, that's where all your lost time is. And if you have a system that allows you to more accurately measure things, then you can rely on that accuracy and build it into what you do. So, you know, the astronauts, when they landed on the moon, didn't want to get kind of close. They wanted to get there, right? They had to be accurate, right? So we should want that same accuracy for everything that we do. That's a really good way to look at it. Speaking on router, which I think is such an interesting tool and a very much, there's a huge pain in the industry for something like that to be created and to come and solve. There's another platform such as Advisor that is also run by Well AI. So do you want to tell our audience a little bit more about that platform? Yeah, we've been developing router for a couple of years now, but we're just getting ready to come out with our first commercial version. We're actively seeking operators that are willing to try Advisor from on a field test basis. So our talk is quite timely in that respect, so hopefully for not only potential customers, but for the company as well and get it out there. But yeah, but Advisor focuses on just the very poor interface that exists for the drilling rig or the operator or drilling representative to communicate with a service provider. You know, There's a lot of services that today are well planned out, I'm not suggesting that we can do it better, but there's just so many of them that need to be coordinated on a day-to-day basis on a rig. You know, they say that to drill a horizontal well requires twice as many service providers mm-hmm. as it does to drill a vertical well. So it, there's just so many more interfaces now that you have to touch and manage. So doing that on a timely basis at a rig poses challenges, right? So it's a challenging task. And that's what advisor is meant to do, meant to provide a platform where the operator and the service provider can interface on a very convenient basis, either for like video communications or direct messaging, all those things, Mm -hmm. instead of wasting four or five phone calls and the amount of time and missing calls and all this you have a platform that you communicate on a regular basis. And so instead of everybody trying to pull somebody in to make a communication link, you push your communications and you push it a person or an entity that you know is going to respond to it. The other part is is that 
A lot of service providers spend a lot of time trying to figure out what's going on on the rig, okay? And there's a certain amount of proprietary information that you have to respect. But the more information that the service provider has that they can glean from the operator, the better they can plan out their business as well, right? So, you know, no service provider has enough people and equipment to service every rig every day, every year, okay? You know, it's an airline hotel type process, right? So, you know, if you overbook, you overbook, right? But the better the service provider is at scheduling their business, the cheaper they can provide their service at. It's just a fact of life, right? And the more efficient that they can get, the more profitable they will become. And the easier it is then to manage that price point that's important to everybody, right? So, you know, you, you know, as an operator, you don't probably want the cheapest price, but you don't want to pay the most expensive price either. But if you can help your service providers lower their costs, I think that's the best way for the industry to survive when these downturns occur mm-hmm. and to survive when these upturns occur. You know, like it's getting better out there, but for the past year and a half, it's been everybody's got to wait. Everybody's yeah. had to wait, right? So and wait for a lot of things that you couldn't even imagine five years ago that you had to have to wait for that service, right? You know, there's a huge safety component as well. We've estimated that, you know, there's anywhere between 20 and 30,000 people driving around the Permian base on any given day. So the more efficient you can make the communication link between the service provider and the operator, the less they have to go out to the rig to find out what's going on. And the most efficient way of reducing traffic accidents is to get people off the road. So uh, to a certain extent, you know, the, unfortunately, the pandemic kind of proved that to mm-hmm. everybody that people stayed home. There was a lot less traffic accidents. So and that's the only way to do it. There's a lot of training development and driving is one of the most dangerous things that we all do. Right. No matter what your industry in. But for sure, the own gas business, the driving is the most dangerous thing you do. You know, and uh, unfortunately, we all know of people that have that either been in involved in horrific accidents or even deadly accidents. So the more we can do to get people off the road, make their route more accurate, all of these things goes into creating a much safer environment, right? So I agree with everything that you just said. And also being a part of oil and gas industry every single time, I guess just being a part of a industry that's very efficient, we have those safety moments and where they talk about driving and they talk about just regular safety in the facilities. So safety has been such a huge priority for the industry, as we can see of our history and see how far we have come in that in the last couple of years. So with a tool that increases our communication and increases remote communication. And just like you said, if you are unable to measure it, you cannot manage it. There is such a huge opportunity here for the industry. From your perspective, what do you think, aside from, oh, you can go and talk a bit more about communication, but what do you think is a huge opportunity, not only for just your current customer, which is oil and gas, but just for other businesses and when it comes to the topic of AI or when it comes to technology that is just increasing our efficiency with whether it's routes or whether it's with communication or platforms. What do you view as one of the biggest opportunity for the industry right now? Yeah, I'm not a artificial intelligence expert. I'm trying to leverage artificial intelligence, but as a human being, as an observer of history, I can't imagine that we'd get anywhere by being afraid of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we create it. We should be able to manage it and control it and do things with it. Just like with any technology, bad people are going to do bad things, okay? (laughs) You know, but hopefully the good outweighs the bad, right? Mm -hmm. So 
when we try to scapegoat technology, I think that you know you do a disservice. I mean, just look at the nuclear industry. Mm-hmm. We've gone 50 or 60 years now without building a nuclear power plant, and we should have a bunch of them, right? Regardless of what you believe about global warming, right? I think there's tremendous opportunities there. And, you know, I haven't been here on Earth a long time, but you know, you can look back and see what it was before. And you know, we—I remember uh, growing up. You know, there was about 150, 160 million people in the U.S. Now there's 350 million people in the U.S. And we need more, right? So we have—I don't know how many millions of jobs there are open. You know, not sure if that statistic is accurate or not, <laughs> or what it means, but it certainly uh, doesn't seem like the ability for our economy to grow is hindered in any imagination. I just can't imagine that any new technology coming out there is not going to help us grow it even more. Yeah. When there comes this opportunity of having new technology come in, there's always that concern of security and keeping our data private. And then especially with a platform that deals with a lot of communication between the operator and then the service provider. How are you addressing or how are you seeing this as something is it something of a concern for an internal platform like for Well AI or a company like Well AI? Or is this something that you want to, do you view this as a really big concern? When you talk about security, there's a couple of areas there. You know, when you're talking about people hacking into the system or just proprietary information leaking out. From my perspective, I kind of believe in an open system, all right? I think everybody should know everything, right? So I think when we don't know what's going on, that's when everybody gets in trouble. But having said that, there are certain things that I don't want people to know about what I do, okay? So I think we should respect that and do what we can. With Advisor, it's probably the number one concern that people have about Advisor, as far as we know right now, all right? So we haven't put Advisor on a rig yet. We've demoed it to a number of different people. Security always comes up as an issue. We use a commercial product. It's a cloud-based system. So I think we have as much confidence in the Microsoft or Amazon cloud management, security management process. I don't think we could probably build a better one than what they have. I think we have to move on from that. But having said that, we have put in a number of hooks into the software where For example, an operator doesn't have to share different types of information with every service provider. So they can turn software switches on and off. You know, and to a certain extent, we've looked at this a lot. You know, there is a gradation of service providers out there, and it's got nothing, not anything to do necessarily with how big or how important you are as a service provider, but how much information the the operator wants to share with you so that you can help them do things. So we have another service company and we get a lot of, I don't want to say proprietary information, but inside information because we're intimately involved in the planning of where the rig's moving next and when the completion rate comes on. And it's just better, the more we know, the more we can help these operators. And some operators don't want to give us that much information, we can't help them that much. So it, it comes on to that. So, But we have built into the software where the operator can turn switches on and off and, and different service providers can have different levels of security. So example, we say there's a preferred service provider that's qualified, and there's one that's preferred, okay? So a qualified one would be somebody that has like an MSA. They make it used, maybe not on a 100% basis, but 20 or 30% of the time that service provider gets used. And a preferred one is one that you want to know, you want them to know what's going on on the rig so that they stay informed. And then once you give them that information, then you can hold them accountable for helping you do a better job, okay? If you look at the car manufacturing industry, just-in-time manufacturing kind of developed there, 
they didn't start building good cars until they accepted that principle that they have to have their vendors intimately involved in the planning and the operation of their assembly line. So it's a big concern. We're trying to address it. We think we have addressed it. But each operator's got a little different perspective on that. Yeah. I mean, aside from Router and Advisor, are there any other interesting platforms or apps that you're developing that you would like to talk about? We're actually taking Router and Advisor and merging them now. And we call that dispatch. And you'll be able to look at either a service provider will be able to manage all their rolling stock or actually all their cell phone (laughs) rolling stock from one platform. And the operator can also benefit from that because the operator can participate in the dispatch. And again, through a software switch the service provider provides, the operator can see where the rolling stock is as well. So that's part of the transparency that the operator and the service providers have to say. So I'm sure there's a lot of rig managers out there that have heard, uh, you know, he calls up and says, where are your guys? Where are they? <laughs> and everybody says, oh, they're at the gate. They're at the gate. They're yeah. coming out to the location. <laughs> and, and two hours later, he calls up, where's your guys? Where's your guys? Okay. So uh, circling around. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're probably finishing up a job uh-huh. and they got delayed somehow. And you don't want to say they're not going to be there for three hours because you're concerned that he's going to call somebody else. And yet you should be willing to share with a customer where they're at, but so that he has confidence that you're telling them the truth, right? You know, and the same thing on the rig, the transparency can go up to multiple levels just within the operator ranks as well. So what's going on on the rig can be monitored by the engineer in the office, or it can be monitored by the drilling superintendent or the VP of drilling. Everybody can check in and see how each rig is doing, whether they're following company protocols in terms of, you know, vendor selection, whether they're following company policy as far as pricing, competitive bidding, things of that nature. There's still some brother-in-law work going on out there, okay? And there might be a good reason for that. I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. But again, the more open we are with how we run our business, it's just going to be beneficial for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look into our regular, just our apps that we use when it comes to like, I don't know, an app to call a car ride, we know exactly where the driver is at. So we have more confidence in the application that we're using. And it's surprising that we don't use the exact same technology or the exact same effectiveness in huge industry like ourselves. Yeah. On land, it's kind of exclusive to North America because there's not the concentration of drilling activity in any other country for whatever it's worth that there is. And in the U.S., there might be isolated pockets of it, you know, in some places, maybe the Middle East, uh-huh. Oman, or Saudi Arabia. You know, they might have 20 or 30 rigs going, but in a small geographic area, but nowhere you have hundreds of rigs going just in one country, right? So you know, the rolling stock, the vehicles, the people, there's a lot of people in transit all the time. So, uh, and the ability to be more accurate with everything that you do just has to give everybody more confidence. And I think that's what the Uber thing is. You have more confidence, right? You know, it just makes everything much better when it's open and accurate. I love it. I love this. So we're just very excited to have you here at the event. And I would love to ask you on why are you at the OGGN Mixer today? Like, what do you want to get out of this event? We are people starting to come in and it's going to be a huge networking event. So what are you planning on getting out of this event? Well, you know, just increase the awareness of who Well AI is and a little brand recognition, name recognition. We wanted to do the podcast. No, we're not actively involved in the charity side of this, but certainly we want to give back to the 
community as well, right? So, you know, we can do that. If we can get a little benefit out of it and can give back, I'm more than happy to participate in those kind of things, right? So one of the things I've learned is the more you share, the more you get back. So uh, it takes a while to, you know, count up your side of the ledger, but for sure, you know, it's much better to share, right? So uh, now I also believe, you know, you got to ascribe to the airplane notion of taking care of yourself, right? So the pilot always says, you know, face mask drops down, put yours on first and then take care of somebody else, okay? So you always got to take care of yourself first before you can help anybody else, right? But we think we've kind of done that. We're in pretty good shape. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're sharing, passing on things as well, so. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, for sitting down with me. And I loved hearing about your journey and about Well AI and all the amazing things that you would do in the future. Well, I'm very excited for this. Thank you very much. (laughs) I appreciate your time and and guidance on doing this. So it was very excellent. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. I would like to say a thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Endeavor, Carbeck Brewing, and our food sponsor, Park Energy. Park Energy, a leading provider of business automation technology for independent oil and gas upstream and midstream companies. You can find out more information in our show notes. And thank you all for listening in, and we'll see you next time. Check us out next month for another engaging episode of the Mixer Connections podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.